exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall! Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now... From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, Radio. 630 Shed. A desperate push by the Edmonton Oilers in the last four minutes of the game, but not enough. They lose again, 3-2 to the Colorado Avalanche, winless in four, 0-3-1 over that stretch. They've dropped three in a row in regulation time, and you're probably asking yourself, where is that desperation earlier in the game? Where's that desperation on the power play? Where is the execution? An Oilers team that is starting to look very tentative, very downtrodden at times, very discombobulated. And uh, yeah, now on this six-game homestand, which was their last Hail Mary chance to have even a remote shot at the playoffs, has officially slipped away 1-3-1 and with one game left on the stand. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's 11.03. My name is Reed Wilkins. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team Overtime Open Line, coming to you from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. For the third game in a row, uh, the Oilers have a dicey, controversial call go against them, and this was a a goalie interference call on Taylor Hall that negated a Teddy Purcell goal that would have made it 3-2 with about uh, 8.45 left in the game. We have Taylor Hall standing by, courtesy of GCL Diesel, for all things Diesel. I mean, I'm definitely, my momentum's definitely going in there. Um, but just as a whole, I mean, I watch a lot of hockey, and uh, this coach's challenge is really, I mean, it's it's tough, and you're asking the referee to admit he's wrong in front of 18,000 people um, by watching a six-inch tablet. And, I mean, the Wi-Fi in our rink is mediocre at best. So that's what we're relying on. And it's, it's been both ways. And uh, certainly we've been on the other side. And this is not a shot at the refs tonight. I don't envy that position at all, um, having to make that decision. But I feel like we'd be better served if it went to a third party. Um, you know, there's got to be some kind of mediator here. It's, it's not in our nature to admit we're wrong. So, like I said, I don't envy the position that the refs are in, but it's just a tough play overall. That's two straight games, though. You scored a goal last game, too, and they claimed it was, you said it was a stoppage of play. I know, and it's, like, it's go- it goes both ways, and I'm not going to sit here and, and pout because I've had some goals taken away. It's, it's frustrating, no doubt, but I feel like there's a, a better way to get it right, and uh, you know we're not in the thick of a playoff race. If we were, I'd probably be a little bit more, a little bit more mad. So, um, it's just the way it goes, I guess. Must be tough considering that goal not counting. Then you guys do get the goal. It would have been a tie game. Yeah, I mean, you you never know how things work out if if that goal counts, if if it stays three on two the whole game. But uh, it would have been a nice. It, it would have been nice and to have 10 minutes to get the, the tying goal instead of um, a minute and 20. So just a tough one. Read that's Taylor Hall. All right, thanks. That's Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room tonight. There's, there's a lot more to discuss about this game again than that one play as we bring in our inside the game analyst, Rob Brown, because like the other night, 
The Oilers didn't play well enough to win. They were the second best team on the ice. But any time there's a play like that, it gets fans mm-hmm. talking. People who have no interest in this game are going to see it on the highlights tonight and talk about it. I, I would just think that, I mean, to me, when I look at that, Hall contacted him. Pickard was already turning his body in that direction anyway, and, and there was some contact. When I, when I saw the replay, I didn't think Hall did enough on his own to, to earn a penalty. I Well, the, uh, before it even came up, I said to, to Bob, because he brought me up on air, and I said it would be a penalty. I didn't think they'd overturn it. I thought it was goalie interference. I think that should be called every time. Having said that, I really, really liked the way that Taylor Hall talked about it after the game, and I think he's absolutely right in what he said. Um, if it is a judgment call, and, and, and uh, when you go to a coach's challenge on an offside, that's not a judgment call. When the linesmen have to look at it, uh, they're going to see if it was an offside or not. It's, it's, it's black and white. On a, a goalie interference, it's more of a judgment call. Do you feel that he impeded? Do you think he got in there too early? Do you think that he was pushed? So you're judging it. And, and as Taylor said, you're, you're, trying to, you're going to have to admit that you were wrong with the first call. And it must, it's going to have to be pretty blatant. And a lot of these are very subtle. And you've got to make a, a decision. You're like, so if you have an, an, a third-person third party doing it from, from Toronto, well, it, it's going to get a, a, a fair and a quicker response. And I think that's another thing, too, that we've seen over this homestand. Some of these challenges that have dragged on. And I talked about it at the last game, and then it was reiterated by one of the players afterwards that it just takes all the players out of the game when you got to sit and wait for 20 minutes waiting on a decision. It should be very quick. You see three or four videos. You see them. You make your decision. It's done. And I I agree with everything that Taylor Hall said about it. This should be taken out of the referee's hands, and Toronto should make the call. Yeah, and I mean, it's not an easy call. Rob, you and I have actually disagreed on how we would have called these close calls Mm -hmm. the last inning. So that just shows, I mean, we're not trained referees, obviously. We're watching the game. So they are are difficult calls. but I, you're right. That's I thought that was a pretty and, mature the point, statement and, by and, all. And, it, and it's funny because you and I both disagree on this one. And we had no uh, – there's nothing on us in right. this. There's a referee that has to make the same call that we're watching, and he's already said one thing. So that's where Taylor said, well, you know what? It, it, human nature says, well, I'm not going to go and admit I'm wrong to 18,000 people. Right. So uh, it, it, was, it was a very good point and, he, and a very well-spoken point, too. It wasn't said out of frustration. It wasn't said out of anger. He, simple set, he simply said it out of a, a matter-of-fact type of uh, conversation. Here's what I believe should be done. Avalanche beat the Oilers 3-2. The Oilers scored first haul in the first period. They scored last Pouliot late in the game, in between Mitchell and Barry twice for the Avalanche. 780-496-0063. We have Colin standing by on the line. Hey, Colin, thanks for giving us a ring, man. Hello? Hey, Colin, go ahead. Hey, fellas, thanks for taking my call. Good to talk to you. Cool, cool. Um, I'm not counting us out. No way. I'm a diehard Oilers fan. You know me. But... uh, Instead of us using, like, our first round, whatever the case may be, we have so much young talent and firepower. Why don't we maybe just ignore the top? This is coming out of left field. But let's go find maybe a young superstar defenseman. Yeah, but here's my question to you. If you've got a young superstar defenseman on your team, are you trading them? No, I mean drafting. 
Oh, draft? So you're for our draft. I says I'm not counting us out, but we're still going to get a wicked high top draft. We keep just going for firepower, firepower, firepower. Let's maybe turn the page from the scrapbook and say, let's go find one of these top scoring. Like my favorite was like an Al McKinnis, you know, a. a Defenseman so so that lights it up. So you're, you're saying they should draft the defenseman or trade the draft pick for a current defenseman? Oh, good. I understand your point, but there's got to be some top defensemen high in the ranks, wouldn't there be? Well, uh, Jacob Chikrin out of Sarnia is expected to go maybe fourth, fifth, sixth. But and again, and again you're waiting. You're still yeah. waiting for him to be really good. I think the Oilers need to acquire a defenseman. Now and I mean like not today obviously but like Rob was saying earlier in 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 the summer that that I think that's probably when it's happening. Um, if you added that guy now or before the trade deadline, you're you're not going to be in the playoffs, and it's probably easier to make that type of a deal uh, in the summer. Colin, thanks a lot for calling seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three two goals for the Oilers tonight. That means Booster Juice makes a one hundred dollar donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. 50 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. Booster Juice is an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. Uh, Rob, the second periods have been, pardon me, the second period has been the Oilers' worst period all season long. They are now minus 25 goal differential in the second period. It was only one nothing today, but they but they lose by a goal they didn't take advantage of the opportunities they had, and they let Colorado get a tap-in goal on what looked originally to be like a harmless-looking rush. Yeah, and it's one of those things that the, the coaches will be watching video afterwards, and, they're, okay, why are we not getting it done in the second period? What are we doing different? What are we talking about between periods? How are the players uh, preparing themselves to come out for this, uh, the, the, the second uh, 20? And they'll go through all those things, and sometimes it's just, just dumb luck. It's just uh, there's no reason for it, and but it's it's been an Achilles heel. And if the Oilers don't find a way to correct it, I mean that's that's how you're always setting yourself up for the third period. That second period is the way that you're going into the final 20 with momentum, without momentum, with a lead, without the lead. And unfortunately, too many times the Oilers are either going in trailing, or they're going in with very little momentum going into the third period, which allows the other team. That extra burst, that extra jump coming out for the final 20 minutes, feeling good about themselves. 3-2 Avalanche take it tonight. The Oilers 0-3-1 in their last four games. We have Bob on line two. Bob, thanks a lot for calling. You're on with Robin Reed. Yeah, guys, how are you tonight? Yeah, we're doing great. Oh, I still wonder we're the laughing stock of the league, and we are. Uh, how every year after year after year we get a first-round draft pick, how is it possible that we can't even at least get a playoff spot. Well, I mean, how, what's going how long on? do you have, Bob? The media, the media should be Come choked, up the, uh, the ownership, and we just, as long as the barn's getting filled, nobody gives a rat's ass. It's the same thing year after year after year. Well, but, uh, but having said that, a lot of people have lost their jobs because of it. I mean, this is a team that's gone through uh, a number of different general managers, a number of different coaches. Sure, and, but the salaries so, are still being paid for some of these. Well, so, well, Al Dakins are still paying him money. Yeah, but you, you, that, that's regardless. You can't not pay a guy if you sign him to a contract. He lost his job, though. Yeah, so I mean, I'm the, just saying, why don't, to, to free up some money, why doesn't the ownership 
punt Kevin Lowe, Greg McTavish, who are sitting getting paychecks and they're doing nothing. But they're the, doing zippity doo da. Yeah, but they, they're going to get paid whether they're whether they're if you can tell them to go work at Seven Eleven, they're still going to get paid if you have them under contract. Well, how long is their how long are their contract? That I don't know. Out? That well, I, I think don't know. Is, I think McTavish's might be over at that uh, at the end of the season. But I, what, what, I mean, freeing up money it, that's that has nothing to do with play, player salaries. Well, maybe you can sign. Whatever you have to do, you know. The Oilers, the Oilers, they drafted two small players. Bob, so one I, caller said we have so much talent on this team. We don't have any talent on the team. We were in the bottom of the shit pile with Toronto. All right, Bob. Bob's done. If uh, that probably got cut off. I mean, with the, Bob, the, with the money thing, it, the Oilers they they pay to the cap. They spend money on players, and, and whether they fired everybody that is an usher. In, in Rexall right now, and Clay, they're not going to spend more money because they do spend the money on the team. Whether they spend it wisely, whether they've made right or wrong draft picks, that you can talk about. But the Oilers will spend money, and it has nothing to do with what Kevin Lowe makes, Craig McTavish makes, Stu McGregor makes, Dallas Aikens makes. Doesn't matter. All of those player people have been moved out of their jobs because of the lack of success that this team has had over the last number of years. Right. Uh, Bob's angry, and that's, and that's fine. I mean, they're in last place again. Mm-hmm. They, they, they basically have not improved in six years. Oh, seven years, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and the Oilers have the second highest paid coach in the NHL. So they, they, are, they are spending money. And it, that's just up to the ownership, how much he wants to spend on non-player personnel, because there's no cap on that. So I, I think that call was a little... Uh, Misguided, but that's all right. It's it's passion. That's what it is right now. It's passion. There's fans in in this town want their hockey team to win, and unfortunately, right now, there's too many times that it's coming out on the short end. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're 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 clearly not good enough, and they're clearly. I mean, this is the thing. They're clearly not playing to their potential. Neither you you nor I thought their potential was high. Um, we thought it was a lot higher. Well, we than thought this, it was though. higher than last place, but yes. uh, but here we go again. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have. Darcy on the line. Darcy, thanks a lot for calling in. Yeah, no worries. I wanted uh, to talk about the comparison between Schultz and Barry. Uh, I think it's a little unfair in the fact that Schultz has had to go through the blender with uh, how many different coaches, and Barry has been stable with uh, just the one organization, I believe, right? Well, four coaches for Schultz. What did he have? Kruger, uh, Aikens, Nelson. And now he has uh, McClellan, obviously, yeah. Yeah, there was that comparison from uh, their rookie year till now. Yeah, Bob made it upstairs talking about where, what Schultz did his rookie year compared to what Barry and uh, Brody down the, the, the highway in Calgary did. Uh, right. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, Wah, Wah is Barry's second coach, by the way. So they're... Honestly, I, I don't care if, if Barry has four or five coaches. He, he's just a better hockey player. He, okay. he, he's just a dynamo. Now, yeah, you're right. Maybe the progression of Justin Schultz has been stunted to a degree because he hasn't had the consistency of that one guy that's going to continue to 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 teach him, to to push him to to be better, to give him the ice time, to be there to comfort him, all those things. And he, every year he's got to go through someone else. Yes, Tyson Berry probably has an advantage that way, but Tyson Berry is still a better hockey player than Justin Schultz. Tyson Berry is also the first star of this game. Teddy Purcell picked as the second star by Hockey Night in Canada. Calvin Pickard, the third star. Rob and I are going to hand out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. Check out maauctions.com.
righty then. Uh, I'm going to go with Andre Sakura, who played 23 minutes tonight, led all ice for the Edmonton Oilers. Had a couple shots, a couple block shots. Uh, I thought he had a fairly solid game on a, a defensive core that at times tonight looked troubled in their own zone. But I thought the times that Sakura was on the ice, the Oilers seemed very stable. He had okay. I thought, I, I thought he, and we'll hear from McClellan in a bit, I, I thought he was guilty of not getting pucks through, which McClellan was unhappy about last game. There, well, you can do, call that on just about anybody. That's true. You're absolutely right. Well, actually, there was one that uh, I can't remember. I think it was number seven, Mitchell where he came out to, and he turned sideways, and Sekra was getting ready to blast it and actually led up a little on it. And the puck still hit Mitchell, and had Sekra, you know, put everything into it, I think he would have shattered Mitchell's foot. He actually stopped the shot just a little bit because I think he was worried about hurting the guy. All right, the Avalanche win 3-2 tonight. We have Mark on the line as well, 780-496-0063. Mark, you're going to finish the play with us in a couple of minutes, so you already have earned $50 to Panda Hut Express. What's on your mind about the game tonight? Not much, just uh, waiting for another Avalanche win. What's on your mind? Sorry, Mark, I have trouble hearing you there. One Okay, well, we're having trouble hearing you, so uh, let's just shoot right in to finish the play, I guess. You can qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and Stony Plain. Here we go. By Calvin Pickard, starting tonight for Colorado. Teddy Purcell, right point, shot, redirected right off the mask. Rebound, what a save. Re All right, goal or no goal? Well, that's obviously no goal. Go ahead, Kellen. By Calvin Pickard, starting tonight for Colorado. Teddy Purcell, right point, shot, redirected right off the mask. Rebound, what a save. Rebound, score. Taylor Hall pumps it by Calvin Pickard. All right, tough luck, Mark. You do get the Panda Hut Express GC, but uh, we can't put you to the grand prize draw for 1000 bucks to Integra Tire. The Avalanche beat the Oilers 3-2. Cool moment in uh, the first period as the Oilers honored St. Albert native Jerome Ginla got his 600th goal earlier this season. Here's a Ginla for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. It was a good game, yeah. We uh, we did, you know, um, yeah. yeah, we played well. Our PK was good. We would have loved to get one on the 5-on-3, but, you know, they did a nice Nice job killing it off, but we were able to uh, keep them from getting a lot of momentum off that because, you know, five on threes are a little dangerous. You score, you know, you're expected to, you don't. It's going to be a big boost for the other team, but we were able to hold it and, and have a good third. Uh, but it got a little dicey at the end. They were they were pressuring us for the last, uh, you know, four minutes or whatever. So, you know, it, it feels good, but um, they, they definitely have a, you know, a dynamic team that uh, you can see can score in bunches. Jason ability to jump up into the rush, that just uh, gives you an another dimension, doesn't it, especially when yeah, I think you need that on the offense. I think you need D that jump in the play, make three on threes, four on threes, and, and you know, off the blue line, jump in and around. And, uh, you know, EJ does that for us. Tice does that for us. You know, uh, some of our other D, you know, take their lead and start doing a little bit. But, yeah, it's hard. It gets hard in your zone if the, the D and everyone are just moving around and, and, and everything. And uh, um, he's a tough guy to Tough guy to watch. He had a great game for us tonight, and he's uh, he, he's a, a fun guy to watch and, and to play with. Contribute a little unexpected, I guess, since you a little bit, yeah, no, a little bit, uh, but it very you know very much appreciated, and uh, uh, I have lots of good memories. Uh, you know, getting to battle Albertas and, and uh, playing minor hockey here. Uh, you know, coming in and, and getting 
to watch when I was younger. I only got to see, you know, probably a few uh, NHL games, and they were all in here, watch the Oilers, whoever they played. Uh, it, it was pretty cool. So it's, uh, I've always enjoyed coming back here. Uh, I think it's a, a great atmosphere, and it's especially fun to play on the weekends here. You know, they get, it's pretty rowdy and stuff, and uh, it was very nice to them, and I appreciate it, and the fans and stuff. And uh, it, time flies. It's, it's been fun. I hope to play for a little longer, but it, it's been a, a blast. And it's, uh, it's kind of, you know, you want to watch, but then you feel funny watch it, you know, just a little bit. But uh, I really appreciate it, and I uh, hope my mom and my dad uh, enjoyed it who were uh, here too. All right, Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room tonight. Avalanche take it 3-2 over the Oilers. We're going to take a quick timeout. We're going to hear from head coach Todd McClellan right away. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. On Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. Again, scored on the power play the other night against Montreal. Sekra and Davidson bothered by Como. Squirts out in front. Again, a wide open shoots. A save made by Cam Talbot. And again, didn't really know what he wanted to do there. The puck came to his backhand. He decided to drag quickly to his forehand and try to snap it five-hole on Cam Talbot, who was having none of it. Again, the point blank. Talbot makes the save. Save of the game for Armor Insurance working today to protect your tomorrow. Talbot tonight, 26 saves on 29 shots. I thought Talbot had a pretty good game, but the Oilers only score two. They lose 3-2 to the Colorado Avalanche. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We're going to go back to the phone calls right away. Todd McClellan standing by. Trent from up north says Nikitin was off tonight. Looked terrible. So did Schultz. Good on Cassian to drop the mitts in the first, but no one took advantage of the energy. The Oilers team is just going through the motions. Can't wait for the trade deadline and the summer. Let's, well, I, I want to talk one about, you just mentioned the Cassian fight. Okay, good on Cassian. Two things on that one. One, I'm, I, I don't know if he got hurt, but he didn't play much after that. He only played six minutes in the game. Yep. But on the, in the fight, and I give credit to him on this, he wanted to create some. He wanted to start some, get some energy. I don't think... Uh, it was a willing partner. I don't think he wanted to fight. And he, who was it that he fought tonight? McLeod. I don't think McLeod wanted to. McLeod backed away. Cassian didn't give him a choice. Grabbed him with his gloves off. Grabbed him. But as he grabbed him, Cassian did not throw a punch until he allowed McLeod to drop both gloves. And I'm like, if I was in a fight, I'm swinging right away because if I get into a fair fight, I'm in trouble. But Cassian <laughs> let him. He's holding on to him. Okay, you drop that glove. Okay, you drop that glove. Okay, now let's hold on. Let's back up. Now we'll fight. So Cassian forced him to fight, but then he made it into a fair fight. So I give credit to Cassian on that. Uh, I was a little surprised he didn't get a lot of ice time after that, and I don't know the reason one way or another. Uh, but good on Cassian to try and... Uh, get something going because that's one of the things that the the others were missing when he was out of the lineup and with Gribe out of the lineup is a little bit of uh, sandpaper in their game and tonight he tried that a little bit. Trent also pointing off Nikitin was off tonight. I would argue Nikitin has been off his entire Oiler career. I think that was a pretty standard Nikita Nikitin performance. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he does he he doesn't belong in the National Hockey League. There's no blunter way I can put that. <sighs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Let's hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, courtesy of GCL Diesel, for all things diesel. The team had yesterday off, uh, dropped to 30th place today. Tomorrow off, the optics aren't real good. Well, let me explain that. There's the thing called the CBA. And the CBA allows four days mandatory off per month. We played 14 games this month. 
we've lost two days to travel because when you get home at a certain time, you have to give them a day off. And we mandatorily have to give them four days off. Would I love to be practicing tomorrow or yesterday? Absolutely. So uh, if anybody has any inkling media-wise or anywhere else that, uh, that it's a country club, it sure isn't that. We are driven by the CBA to give them their days off. So I'm glad that you asked that question. We got to clear it up. Todd, Taylor expressed a little bit of frustration over the review system and kind of awkward to have a wrap. He should. He should. So this is your the time you're going to complain? You said you would only, only complain when they start winning more games. No, I'm going to. 48 hours ago, we were. Uh, you know, a goal was allowed against us because apparently we pushed somebody into the crease. Today. First of all, we were allowed a, a review call. I, I don't know why we were allowed it, because if there's a penalty and we touch the puck, it's a dead play. It's not a goal anyhow. But I was allowed the review, so it makes sense that they would go over and look at it. And if they're going to review it, they would clearly see that Taylor was pushed into uh, the goaltender. Uh, when I looked at it on the bench, and now when I looked at it after, I can read Sherwood or whatever kind of stick that McKinnon uses right in, in Taylor's ribs, pushing him into the goaltender. Now. Maybe they didn't have that, that version. I don't know. I don't know what they get over there on the little iPad, but the one that I had, we could have had our meeting at the bench and it would have been a lot clearer. The, the idea that a ref has to stand there and overturn his own call, is, that, is the system a little... Well, again, I was surprised I got to use the call there. You know, if there's a penalty and I don't know who put it in, Teddy put it in or somebody put it in, as soon as we touch it, if the hand's in the air, it's a dead, dead play, so you're not even reviewing it. But he allowed me to review it, so I took advantage of it. Um, you know, I guess in retrospect, he should have come over and said, listen, it's not even reviewable. You got your time out back, and away we go. But he came over and told me that um, Taylor cut in on his own and contact was made. What about the cross-check on Jordan? I'm only going to complain on one call. You thought your team, your team looked like they played much better tonight than they did against Minnesota. Yeah, they did. I, I, you know, we made some mistakes again that are very preventable. Um, I think a Barry's goal. We're we're in position, and that's an easy sort out that we have. There's two guys prepared to do the job. We just don't communicate, so nobody does the job, and um, that's just. A little thing, talking on the ice and, and uh, sharing responsibility and communicating with each other prevents, you know, a goal a week, and we gave up one tonight due to that. So uh, that's disappointing. I thought we had, again, we had some good looks around the net. Um, again tonight, I don't think we got shots through as much as we need to. So it's something that we have to work on. Uh, but they do a very good job of fronting and clogging up the net front. So, uh, but a better game I thought tonight than against Minnesota. Your thoughts on being in 30th place? Uh, well, if you don't win enough games, that's where you are, and uh, that's what we're doing right now. It's disappointing for all of us, um, for the whole organization. That's not uh, where we thought we would be. Um, so obviously uh, the workload that we thought we had earlier in the year at the beginning of the year is even greater. And um, there's no other way, there's no easy way, there's no magic wand. It's uh, continue to pound away and try and make individuals better and make the team better collectively. A case of a team that had something to play for, uh, outplayed a team that essentially didn't have much. I, I don't know if we were outplayed. Uh, I thought we were evenly played, and um, you know, so I don't know if I can go with that uh, with that uh, approach. Um, you know, I, I, again, our 
penalty kill did a tremendous job tonight and our power play didn't. It seems like one's going and one isn't, and that's a lot of times where the uh, game is won and lost. So um, try and get it, get the, both those units working together at the same time, then we'll be okay. Same with your two offensive lines. Trouble getting both. Yes. Yep. No, and you're right. And then it's good to see that one can pick the other up. But if we could have both going at uh, at the same time, or a third or fourth line that's consistently uh, a threat, I thought um, Maddie Hendricks' line did a good job late in the game of of creating energy, and we kind of fed off of that. They had a couple of really good offensive uh, forechecking, hard shifts. Um, so if they can provide that, and then we come back with the one and one-two punch, and they maintain it, now we got a little momentum. So we don't have enough of that in our game right now. Thanks, Thank you. Yep. Good night. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, who's also responsible for our adjustment of the game. Brought to you by Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Uh, I, 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 I can sit and listen to Todd McClellan talk after games. I enjoy it. I enjoy the honesty. I, I like the way he breaks it down. Um, and very blunt and to the point. I, I, I like that. There's, there's no fluff. He doesn't sugarcoat things. Doesn't call guys out. He's not coming out here uh, and berating his players, but he's being giving you an honest assessment of his, of his team and of the game. And as uh, someone on the other side now doing media part of it, I appreciate that, and as, as a fan, I appreciate that. I don't want to hear someone come out and just make things up or just tell you what you want to hear. I want to hear the truth, and that's what he's given us. And what's your adjustment? Oh, is that what we're talking about now? The adjustment of the game, sorry. Uh, the adjustment of the game to me is when Todd McClellan, who I was just talking about, uh, pulled his goalie with four minutes to go in the hockey game. Uh, very unconventional. Uh, but I thought that the Oilers played their best, played their most with urgency, is when they went six on five for the last four minutes of the hockey game, had one goal, had one goal disallowed, and they turned it into a game. So that would be my adjustment of the game. Uh, Ziggy texting in, he says, McClellan is a horrible coach for this team. Todd Nelson was coaching a weaker group, much better at the end of last season. McClellan is lost, and a blind fool could see that. McClellan never got his stacked San Jose, San Jose team going when it mattered, and it shows why Sharks fans were happy to see him go. Uh, completely disagree. Absolutely disagree. 100% uh, disagree. And I think... I like Todd Nelson. I really do. I like him as a person. I like him as a coach. But Todd Nelson right now is coaching in the minors. Todd McCullen's coaching the National Hockey League. And I think that every other team in the National Hockey League would make the same decision that the Edmonton Oilers made. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Bruce on the line. Hey, Bruce, thanks a lot for calling. Thanks for taking my call, Reed and Rob. How are you doing? Good. Question about goaltending. Do you think Callum Talbot is the number one guy going forward? I don't know for sure. Sure hope so. I sure hope so. <laughs> I, I think he has shown probably since the middle of December that he can be a... Like, I think there are a whole bunch of goaltenders outside the top tier of about five or six guys. Like, a pretty big group of guys, between 6 and 22 even, that year to year are going to fluctuate but are sort of in that range. Since December 14th, he's kind of been in that range. He, the last five, five or six games it haven't been as good, but the team in front of him has not been good either. So Yeah, we, I, I, I don't know for sure. He's, he's shown signs of it. Peter Shirelli clearly believes he can be, and, and let's face it, the... There aren't a lot of goaltenders that are going to be traded in the next little while, too, so he's going to get a, a lot of chances here. 
So can we expect to see more of Cam Talbot, or are we going to? Can we expect to see Anders Nielsen in net for a bit? Well, we'll see more of Cam Talbot, but I think Nielsen will play. Okay, good stuff. Thanks, guys. Okay, appreciate it, Bruce. 780-496-0063. Tell you what, quick timeout. Patrick Waugh coming up, coach of the winning Avalanche, 3-2 over the Oilers tonight. We're in the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team, Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Colorado 3, Edmonton 2, the final at Rexall place tonight. No Japanese Village goal light. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. It's presented by Japanese Village. They have three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. 780-496-0063. We have three points. Dave on the line. Hey, Dave, go ahead. Hey, how's it going tonight, guys? Good. Okay, I'll, re- I'll agree with Rob right away. Um, to that texture, I do not believe that Todd McClellan's a horrible coach. Um, he's probably the best coach that we've had since, then since you know McTavish. If you want to go back further than that, John Muckler and Glenn Sather. Now my blood was boiling earlier. Thankfully, I've calmed down so I can collect my thoughts nicely here and have a good chat with you guys for a couple seconds. Um, my three points tonight. It was really hard to get three points, but I was able to make them happen. Um, my first point tonight is going to be Cam Talbot. I thought Cam did a good job tonight. Uh, he stopped the clock. We needed to stop it. Uh, the team didn't help him out, obviously, but eh, another loss. We're, like, we're going to hope, hope for better, better things next season. Um, I thought Davidson played good tonight. I don't know about you guys, but I thought Davidson had another good game. Uh, he kept things simple. He got the puck out when he had to kind of thing. He moved it well. Uh, he, I think he was our best defenseman tonight, personally, but that's just my opinion. My third point is kind of more of a negative one. I don't like being negative on this call of thing, but it's, it's more of a negative one. I don't really believe that the Oilers really had a whole lot of work ethic tonight. Um, there was a lot of times where they were just lollygagging through the neutral zone, lollygagging in the offensive zone. Uh, there are two passes sometimes. They gave up a lot of shooting opportunities, and that's the whole thing, too. I mean, they don't shoot enough. It's obvious. I mean, Rob and Stoff, they put it perfectly. They're really missing that guy on the back end. Um, yeah, like they just don't, and I don't see them working hard every night. And if this is going to bite them in the butt until they can learn how to work hard, and I mean, it's not it's not up to the coach to make to make them work hard. It's up to the players to do it themselves. And I see a lot of lazy players out there, and I can't wait to see what Shelly does with this team because, like Brownie said at the beginning of the season, if this team picks top three or close to that by the end of the year, there's going to be I wouldn't say a multitude of changes, but there's going to be a lot of changes. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what Shelley does because he built the winner in Boston, and I firmly believe that he'll build the winner here in Edmonton, guys. Okay, thanks. Three points, Dave. We appreciate it. He complimented Brandon Davidson tonight, who uh, I thought uh, we touched on him earlier. He was good. 22-50, kept the puck in there to set up Pouliot's goal. He's going to be our uh, home ice hero tonight, courtesy of ATB Financial. Know someone whose quiet hard work makes hockey happen in your community. Nominate them for ATB's home ice hero award at atb.com slash home ice. The Avalanche take it 4-2. They are coached by Patrick Waugh, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. I'm pretty happy. That looked like a pretty good, solid road game for you. Yes, we played really well. Yeah. We um, we had a lot of jump. We um, we were quick on pucks. We were solid in our battles. 
I thought we dominated that game. I was very happy with our performance, yes. Can you talk about Tyson Berry and what he gives you? His ability to just jump in the rush, it gives you an extra dimension on that. Yes, I mean, he's, um, he's very good offensively. I mean, he supports the rush really well. Um, and tonight, what I like about him is, is he defended well as well. Then that was a great performance by him. Jerome McGinley scored a lot of goals here, a lot of points here. Nice tribute, I guess, by the Oilers, but he's been playing really well for you. Guys. It was really nice from the, the Oilers fans. I mean, um, but he deserved it. I mean, he's, he's been a solid player in Terry career, and, and it's nice to see that happening. And, and he made a really nice play to Tyson on that goal. You like the way you guys are playing now, getting closer towards a... Tonight was a solid performance. We like our game tonight. Hopefully that um, we'll bring this game on the table tomorrow night. Their last goal, were you considering challenging it? Um, I think there was a hand pass, but we're not allowed to challenge the hand pass. Okay. Not, not offside then? I don't think it was offside. We, uh, we were pretty comfortable with the decision from the linesman. And the other challenge uh, that it said McClellan uh, off, uh, how did you see that? The should not have been a challenge because there was a penalty. That's, the, that's what the league told us. I mean, I was surprised there was a challenge. I mean, when there's a penalty, as soon as 16 touched the puck, the play should have been dead. And that's, that's what happened to us the last game, and, and that's, that should not have been a challenge on that play. It's a secret on the road, 18 and 13 now. Yeah, we're playing well. I mean, I don't know. Tonight we were skating really well, and, and on the road we seemed to uh, to play with a lot of confidence and, and, and um, find ways to score those goals. And, and we've been defending well. But pick was good again. I mean, in, in key moments in that game. And no, it was a really solid team effort tonight. You didn't get that five-on-three goal. Was there a concern that that might? We had a lot of chances. Jerome had a great chance. Tyson hit the post. Um, Como had a really good one. I mean, tonight, I mean, we didn't score, I agree, but we did a lot of good things. Okay, you're welcome. All right, that's Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room. Good points there by Patrick Waugh about what he could have and couldn't have done on the Oilers' second and, and, and I didn't know that because we were upstairs talking about it uh, off-air, you know, Bob, Jack, and I, and we're like, well, why does he not challenge that? It, 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 to me, it looked like a hand pass, and it was fairly obvious. Why doesn't he challenge it? And then he came out and said, well, we thought it was also, but you cannot challenge a hand pass. So yeah. I didn't know. And they had the same thing with uh, Tom McClellan talked about. He wasn't shouldn't have been allowed to, to challenge it. <laughs> Patrick Wall reiterated that. He knew that because they actually had gone through the same thing. And now that the way he explained it, I'm like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. If there was a penalty and Purcell touched the puck, well, the goal, there shouldn't even have been whistle, a chance for a goal. Because the whistle you couldn't have allowed, yeah. yeah so... Uh, so it's all clarified. We needed the French guy to come in clarify it for us English dudes. <laughs> 11.48, Oilers fall 3-2 to the Avs. A little more from the Oilers dressing room when we get back. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team, Overtime Open Line. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Want to congratulate Sam, who won face-off trivia tonight. 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express. Sam's in the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Skiers Sports Shop, Edmonton's number one choice for skis and snowboards. Name the three Oilers who have scored five goals in a game. I think I know this one. I think it's Gretzky, Curry, and I believe Pat Hughes. Who's in the building tonight and was they, interviewed by Bob. And they talked about it on the big screen, so that helped me out there too. And I but. believe Gretzky was hurt for that game. 
Uh, you are. I, th- I believe that's yeah. right. I do remember that. Well, you got Hughes. You don't need Gretzky. Hughes will light it up. Light it up. Not uh, as many goals as that tonight. Well, five in total. The Avalanche get three. The Edmonton Oilers get two. Let's go back into the Oilers dressing room. Here's Jordan Everly. So you feel like you got a goal, and, and then it gets called back, and then it swings the other way. So, uh, you know, mentally, you got to learn to fight through that. I think uh, the, the lower you are in the standings, the, the harder it is to get those calls. Or is that just would be more just sour grapes and things, you know what I mean? You know, I'm sure every team's had a game where they've been pissed off of how it went. Um, you know, there's other game, there's other calls throughout the game, too, um, you know, that you're, you're upset about. You know, I thought I got, you know, taking liberty on there at the end, you know, from behind, but, you know, the ref sees it differently. It's just, you know, you can't try and let that frustrate you and, and change the, the way that your team plays. So, um, like I said, it's a tough position for the refs to be in. You know, it's it's a lose-lose, but you know, it's. I think that they're getting some of the calls right, and, and some, like I said, you can't you can't be happy with uh, both teams. Can't be happy. You played better tonight than you did against. Yeah, yeah. I thought you know we 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 had some. I thought that five-one-three kill was huge momentum for us. Gave us a chance. Um, a couple breakdowns defensively. Um, you know, and, and we let a couple. We let a couple in. You know, so. You know, he's cleaning those up a little bit, not giving them that grade-A chance to, you know, you know, and the one walked in the slot, the other one was a backdoor tap at two, actually. So, um, you know, there's three chances right there. You, you clean up one of them, and it's a tie game. So, it, you know, there's there's moments throughout the game that we have to find a way as a team to maybe communicate and, and uh, change the, the way that the game goes. Barry is an old guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know how he plays. He, he likes to jump in. He likes to, you know, sneak in past guys. Um, obviously, we missed our coverage there, and, and uh, we, we paid for it. Yeah, I know you hit on the disallowed goal, but the fact that you guys are able to, you know, get that goal late would have been a tie game. How tough does it make that? Um, you know, I mean, first off, you don't want to be in that position. You want to be, you know, the other way around where you're fighting to keep your lead. So you know, it's not fun, you know, chasing chasing a lead, uh, you know, late in the game. Obviously, it was a good pushback with getting one there, but. Um, you know, I think it would be a lot better if we could have got another one and tied it and maybe won this game. So it, it's frustrating. You know, I, no one likes losing. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah. Read that short really. All right, yeah, the Oilers have uh, lost too much. Now 10 games under 500 for the season, 22-32-6. and six. They are in 30th in the NHL. Same number of points as the Maple Leafs, but the Leafs have played three fewer games. Rob, the final 22 games are uh, not going to have the significance that uh, we hope they would have for this team. Obviously, they're they are now well out of the the playoff race. Uh, I mean, it's at the point where even if they went undefeated, they'd probably still miss the playoffs. Just to put some context into how how far they're out, uh, the trade deadline's coming up. If you're if you're the coaching staff, how do you? try and formulate a plan and an approach for the final quarter of the season? Well, I would probably break it into segments. And each segment, you you have points based on your win-loss, based on what your power play is, based on what your, your team penalty kill is, shots for, shots against. Just break it into something so it's a little competition that you're, you're, you're throwing at the players. Say, here's what we want. Here's our goals. Let's try and achieve them. Because the, the big picture is not, is not happy. It's not rosy. It, it, the big picture is you're going to miss the playoffs again. So let's have little, little small segments, four or five game segments, and we'll try to achieve the goals in each one of those. Uh, it's, I think you address the team saying, well, this is you know, uh, a rehearsal, uh, an evaluation uh, to see which players will be back next year. 
which players will be moving on, which players want to be part of this organization or any organization in the National Hockey League. Because in reality, if you are a player that has trouble playing for a team that's 30th in the National Hockey League, there's not going to be a lot of suitors around the league trying to say, hey, well, God, we better, you know, Edmonton got rid of that guy. There's a guy we need. Because if you can't play in the 29th, 30th place teams in the league, you're not going to play on some team that's in the top 10. So I think that's what the, the rest of the season is for these guys. It's a, uh, an evaluation and a rehearsal to prove that you want to play not only in the National Hockey League, but be part of this organization going forward. All right, the Oilers fall tonight 3-2 to the Colorado Avalanche. Our next game will be on Tuesday night as they host the Ottawa Senators. 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 on Monday. All have inside sports from 6 to 9. Rob, always great working with you. Yeah, I look forward to the next one. That's our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown. The studio producer tonight, Kellen Kennedy. The executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 630 Jet is Sid Smith. We've been in the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, presenting Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630 Jet. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. 